Okay, Tov, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for our weekly 10 Minutes of Meaning. The Ramchal of Moshe Chaim Lutzato and his great Mesilas Yesharim give us a charge for the day and help us realize our best selves, help us try to advance our mission in life and fulfill our purpose and feel the best okay, that Tov, we can. Good morning, everyone. Thank you leading so much for joining. The most meaningful life that we can. I want to thank our sponsors for this year, our dear friends, Hani and Lenny Grunstein. In memory of Chani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak, we thank the Grunsteins. We can't wait for them to get back to Boca safely. We are on Perak Aleph, the 11th chapter of Mesilas Yesharim, the um, quality of Nikias, the quality of how to purge the negative uh, instinct, the negative temptations within ourselves, not simply to confront and encounter them, not simply to be challenged by our drives and triumph over them, but to in fact purge it from within ourselves. So we begin, the first quality is Zahiras, caution, mindfulness, vigilance, conscientiousness. The second quality was Zerizus, alacrity, enthusiasm, the pursuit of who we're meant to be. And now we're up to Nikias, how to purge or eliminate from the repertoire of our lives the very urgent temptation to do the wrong things. And in that context, we spoke about Gezel, honesty and integrity, our character in all that we do, following through on our word, not over-promising and under-delivering, uh, being punctual and on time, being honest in our interactions and our business dealings, having integrity in every area of life. We're all driven by this Taivas moment, this temptation for money. Money makes the world go round. It supports and enables and enriches our lives. Uh, and therefore, we all struggle with that drive. That was area number one. Area number two he talked about was Arias, promiscuity, sexuality. That component of life we know has sabotaged and has corrupted and compromised some of the most brilliant, most accomplished, most charismatic men and women who, uh, who allowed themselves to be distracted and their judgment to be clouded. And the third area he's talked about now is what he calls Znus Ozen, what we began last week. The notion of the profanity, not only with our behavior, but profanity with our speech, profanity with our communication, with the way that we interact, and we spoke last week about nivel peh, how a person lowers themselves. We diminish the tzelem elokim, the godly spirit or soul within ourselves. And in fact, instead of articulating, using that power, the gift of speech, to articulate a persuasive argument, people who instead resort to profanity for the shock value of using a curse or a lewd image are uh, in fact lowering themselves, they're forfeiting their very humanity, what differentiates us from the animal world. So we continue now, When it comes to thought, the Ramchal tells us, The Pasuk says that we have to safeguard ourselves from any negative influence, from any negative impact. A person has to be mindful of the things that threaten us and safeguard and protect ourselves from them. And the Gemara derives from this, what does it mean to protect ourselves? It means social distancing. It means wearing a mask when you're out. It means purelling your hands and washing to the tune of happy birthday. It means all these other guidelines that we've been given in the physical sense. But what it means to protect ourselves from the metaphysical sense, in the spiritual sense, is to be very aware of where we allow our thoughts to go. Because if we fantasize during the day, if we imagine during the day, if we allow our thoughts to wander, whether it is for the images, the actions, the foods, the gossip, whatever area of life, if our mind wanders and dreams of and fantasizes after a certain pleasures, behaviors, 
if, if we do that in our conscience, then in our subconscious, we will act out negatively. The Gemara in Yom Test tells us something really astonishing, that the truth is, fantasizing or dwelling or marinating on a thought of an action that we shouldn't have, in some ways is even worse than violating the act itself. Because you see, in the moment of the act itself, one can't help it. The Yetzirah overrides that drive, simply draws the person to the behavior. That doesn't mean you're not accountable. We're each accountable for our behavior. But it means in that moment, in that moment, it's very hard to overcome. And therefore, when we find ourselves in that circumstance, in that drive, in that moment, it's not understandable, but it's explainable why a person would give in. But here, Avera, when they're not in a moment of temptation, when that non-kosher food or non-kosher website or non-kosher person or non-kosher context or non-kosher language or speech or, or act, when it's not happening, but you simply allow your mind to go there and you enable your thoughts to dwell there, to fantasize there, Hirura Avera Kashem Avera. Chazal, our rabbis, presume that we have more control over our thoughts. Just because a thought comes knocking doesn't mean that we have to let it in. Just because that thought rises doesn't mean that we have to allow ourselves to dwell on it, to pursue it, to expand it, to think about it, to marinate and stew in it. We have to, in fact, rid ourselves, purge it, and say, thought, that's not going to lead me anywhere good. That thought will not uh, conduct itself anywhere other than a drive to act out on it. That the evil thoughts are the abomination of the eternal. And there's a story I, I've told many times. I saw it in the Sefer of Rav Aviner, and he quoted it from a Rebbe. I don't remember which Rebbe. How can we control our thoughts? The drive, the thought, the temptation, the urge to do something wrong is even worse than that doing that which is wrong. How can you control that thought? So there was a story of a chassid who went who one night was struggling with his Hirura He was struggling with thoughts of inadequacy, thoughts of temptation of drive, thoughts of Yetzirah, thoughts of... So he went to his Rebbe's house. What else does a chassid do? To look for chizik, to look for strength, to look for support. And he knocked on the front door of the Rebbe. No answer. So he banged on the door. He needed to speak to his Rebbe. He needed to get that chizik. And there was no answer. So he went to the side of the house and he peered through the window somewhat brazenly and he saw the Rebbe sitting at his table with this forum open learning and he thought, oh, I can still get my Rebbe's attention. So he, he knocked on the window of the Rebbe's house. And you know what? The Rebbe didn't look up. He didn't give him any attention. Despondent, deflated, with despair, the chassid went home. He didn't have an audience with his Rebbe. The next day he went to shul. In those days you were still allowed to go to shul. And davening ended and he walked up and he approached the Rebbe and he said, Rebbe, I needed you so badly last night. I was in such a bad way. My thoughts were, were driving me, were owning me, were taking me to such bad places. And I needed to speak to you. So the Rebbe said, I know what you needed. I know your question. And I already gave you the answer. So the chassid looked at him and he said, how could you know my question? What do you mean you gave me the answer? You didn't even give me an audience. I didn't get a chance to explain. You didn't tell me anything. So the Rebbe said, I know what's bothering you as these thoughts come and you think that you can't control them, and they take you to bad places and bad behaviors. But I want you to know I answered you, because just like you came to my house, and you knocked, but the choice was up to me whether to let you in or not, and you knocked hard, harder, but the choice remained up to me whether to let you in or not. So to my dear chassid, those thoughts can come and they can knock, and if you don't let them in, they can knock even harder. 
But never forget the choice is up to you whether you let the thoughts in or not. And Rav Avinir in the Sefer quotes Kabbalistic literature that tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Almighty doesn't hold us accountable for the thought that knocks. When you walk down the street, remember the days you were allowed to walk down the street, and you see an attractive person who is dressed provocatively, seductively, and it catches your eye and you're tempted to think we're not accountable for that initial observation, for that initial draw or drive, for the initial temptation to think. We're accountable if we let the thought in, if we let it remain there, if we continue to carry it with us. For that, for that we are accountable. And so the Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Tzato, tells us here that Hirure Aver, according to Chazal, are worse than Avera, allowing the thoughts in, giving them real estate in our precious mind, giving them time and attention in our precious lives. We are the gatekeepers of our mind. We are the gatekeepers of our soul. And even when we see something, and even when we initially think something, it can come knock, but it's up to us, and it's up to us alone whether we let it in. V'hinei dibarnu mishnei gufei, this completes our discussion of the two most foremost transgressions, says the Ramchal, the area of finances and business and honesty and integrity, the area of promiscuity, both in thought, speech, behavior. And the third universal area of drive and temptation, after we talk about money, and after we talk about promiscuity or sexuality, what would you say if I took a poll? What are the three drives that humanity struggles with universally? They're money, sexuality, and food. Food. Look at the obesity statistics in this country and others. Look at the challenges we have with diabetes and high blood pressure and, and uh, heart challenges. Inyan machalos are challenged with the temptation and the drive for food. Who doesn't love food? We love the taste and we love the crunch and we love the flavor and we love the smell and we love the quantity and our Jewish lifestyles so revolve around food. Where they were talking about non-kosher food. Where we're talking about a mixture that contains non-kosher. of meat and milk. We're talking about the prohibition of consuming food cooked by a non-Jew. Or whether we took our kalim to the mikvah. Whether we're drinking the wine that we should be drinking, and so on. The Ramchal reviews the list of potential foods, and I'll say not that he omitted from the list, but maybe it didn't apply in his time as it does ours. We have a different plague in our time, which is people who are consuming purely kosher food that meet all the criteria of kosher, that's cooked and prepared in a kosher way, that's served on kosher dishes that went to the mikvah, but we're eating poor choices of food and poor choices of the quantities of food that we're eating, which is also a form of non-kosher. We said, we have to protect ourselves. And I see some doctors who are joining us uh, here on, on Zoom, and they'll tell you that you could eat food which is entirely meet the criteria of kosher, and yet, if you're eating all the schmaltz and all the carbs and all the sugars and all the white flour, and if you're stuffing your face to the point, not that you're even full, but beyond full, that that is literally shortening our lives. It's destroying our physical health and our mental health. And that too is a halacha. It's a violation of halacha to shorten our lives. It's a violation of halacha to put ourselves in compromised and precarious health situations. This is an area of life, the third area of life that we all universally struggle with, says the Ramchal. 
And this is alluded to, our Reb, the Chassidish Rebbe's point out, we say in Mizmor Ladovid, Ta'aroch lefanai shulchan neged sorerai. Set for me a table in full view of my adversaries. So the uh, Rebbe's interpret, what does it mean, Ta'aroch lefanai shulchan neged sorerai. When I'm sitting at a table, neged sorerai, I'm sitting opposite my enemies. My enemy is my 17th piece of challah. My enemy is my 14th piece of kugel. My enemy is three desserts after it's my ninth course. My enemy is the whole bag of potato chips. When am I neged sorerai? When lefnei shulchan, when I'm opposite the table that is before me. And therefore, this is the third area that we have to achieve a level of nikias to cultivate habits and patterns and attitudes that I see the food that could harm me as the enemy, mamish tzorarai. And not that each time I encounter it, I have to overcome it, but I'm not even drawn to it. I have no temptation for it. To me, it becomes a poison that I would never eat. And please, God, will pick up with this. Amir Hashem next time. Have a fantastic day. Living with Amuna begins in 15 minutes, right back here in the same place. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Have a great, healthy, happy, and holy day.